This is the CQ University Australia podcast, where we talk to some of the university's interesting characters. We're here today speaking with Dr. Marty Harris, who's a chiropractic lecturer at CQ in Mackay, based on our early campus. Marty, thank you and welcome. Hi, Penny. Thanks for having me and uh, wanting to talk to me. It's nice. Absolutely. Marty, I'll start from the beginning. How long have you been a chiropractor and how has CQ Uni been fortunate to have you in our midst? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Well, I've been a chiropractor for 17 years and I graduated in 2001 uh, from Macquarie University. And I was in private practice for a number of years following my graduation. I firstly went uh, into a medical practice with a number of, of different allied health practitioners. And I did that for about a year. And I really didn't like it because I felt stifled um, in that environment initially. And I wasn't initially confident to uh, be, be in that role straight away. So what better way to learn than to move away from Sydney, which is where I went to university, and uh, move down to the Southern Highlands, and I purchased a practice and decided that I just wanted to do it myself and learn on the job with, uh, with some of the people that were in the practice. And before I knew it, I was running the show. And I really liked um, doing that. And I, I love that life with uh, my family with me and and it was an opportunity for me to be a big fish in a small pond because it was a country town and and you were you were one of the um the only chiropractors in the area um and that was that was really encouraging to develop quickly a knowledge of what i'd learned at university and what i'd learned in the medical practice and Uh, to put that into a rural practice setting. So after a number of years in that area, I felt like I needed more challenges. And so I moved my family back to Sydney with an opportunity to come and work in Circular Quay, which is in Sydney CBD. So right bang smack in the middle of Sydney Harbour, pretty much. And, um, And what I thought I really liked of being working in the city it was it was not necessarily for myself, but I learned a lot being in that environment. And I was at a point where I was thinking, I need something else. And so I turned to what my initial profession was, which is a teacher. I used to be a high school teacher, and I taught social sciences, in particular textile and design, food technology. That's another, <laughs> another story. But um, I, um, I started teaching part-time as a as a part-time tutor for CQ University in the Sydney campus with one of my colleagues, um, Sharon Eaton, um, Associate Professor Sharon Eaton, uh, who was um, running the show down in Sydney at the time. And I loved it. And our classes were small and I had that real close contact with the students and I really enjoy teaching. Um, I, li- I have a real passion for teaching. And uh, and in that environment, um, we were doing really well. And there was another university in the area, Macquarie, and they were umming and ahhing on whether or not they were going to continue. And CQU came on the scene as the, the, new, the new kid on the block. And, um, and it came time to, to go into the next year. And um, there weren't the numbers. And so I was kind of inspired to want to do more teaching and particularly helping students um, become chiropractors 
And, um, and I got this phone call to say, there's a position going, we have one for you, but it's not in Sydney. And so I found myself having to make the decision of, well, um, we've got a role for you and it's a full-time role, but it's in Mackay. And I didn't know where Mackay was. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I gave it some serious thought and I'd never even been to Mackay. I knew it was near the Whit Sundays and that sounded really good. And I thought, wow, that's different. Um, let, let's see what that's like. And I was given four weeks to decide that um, we need you to start term one, 2016, in Mackay, RLE. And uh, you'll be teaching you know, the Foundations program, which is one of the initial programs, one of the initial units in our, in our program. And, um, and I thought, why not? I love a challenge, so let's do it. So we maintained the practice in Sydney for a year where a friend of mine ran uh, the chiropractic side of things and I employed other chiropractors to come in and work with us. And we already had a team uh, working there already of 11 people at one stage, massage therapists, acupuncturists, podiatrists, physiotherapists, chiropractors um, and, and the like. And that's the kind of practice that I built when I was in the Southern Highlands. So I was surrounded by all these allied health practitioners that were just extraordinary. And that really made me alive. But at the same time, I've got so much energy, as you know me personally, um, I, I wanted to do something more. And I thought teaching would be really good as a long-term plan uh, after, you know, my hands packed it in because I was starting to get you know, after 15 years of being in practice, my hands were starting to get sore. And I discovered I actually had an arthritic little nodule on my thumb one day. And it really drove home the fact that I'm getting old. <laughs> so I had to think, what am I going to do? Now, my wife at the time um, was the reason why we moved away from the Southern Highlands because it was too cold for her. And it was just the loveliest place in the world to live in it was kind of like the english rolling hills of of uh, of england in the southern highlands halfway actually if listeners halfway between sydney and canberra and if you just go off the main road you're in that area so that's where barrel and mitigong are so uh, are, are um, situated and barrel is where uh, donald bradman is from so that's quite famous if you know if you're a new south welshman you might know that but now i'm a queenslander hey <laughs> i'm a bit conflicted when it comes time to doing <laughs> to the state of origin um the chiropractor that i work with in in Mackay as well on a part-time basis he's a new south welshman and he and i went to university together and i get to work on a part-time basis um, with that practice as a practicing chiropractor doing the things I love to do and a full-time basis at the university at CQU as a chiropractic lecturer and uh, it's like a marriage made in heaven I love it so that's not a requirement is it of your chiropractic lecturing duties that you're to continue operating in a practice no. anywhere else it's just something you've got a passion for that's right um i mean it, it's helpful that i was a teacher uh, it's helpful that that we have some pedagogy which is a the word for for education and, and teaching so i have an understanding of of that but it's not a requirement that, that you are a, an active field practitioner. That just adds another layer to what you bring to the classroom. So research isn't my huge, my strong point, but engagement with students and teaching is. 
And so you might ask me some questions later about that. But um, I just jumped out of a virtual uh, teaching conference, which is being held at the moment, because our education is changing so much. And we want to um, engage with our students in the best way possible so that we can expand their learning. But at the same time, this is a hands-on program. And so we, we kind of, we're ahead of the game in terms of how we deliver our chiropractic program um, within Australia. Because you know, may know we've got the same program in Sydney, Mackay and Brisbane. And uh, we teach the same curriculum across those campuses. And that's extraordinary. No, no other chiropractic college does that in the world. Fantastic. I, there is something that's sticking in my mind that I'd love to return to. And you did say it was a story for another time, but I'd love, if you don't mind, for you to tell the story now. Um, obviously, as you said, you were a teacher before in textiles and all that sort of stuff. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about maybe even your first job and some of the different career paths that you have enjoyed before finding chiropractic and teaching? Sure. Um, well, teaching was something that I thought I would like to do when I was young and I had great teachers when I was at high school and I actually found myself in my old high school. It was a, a private school in Burunga, St. Leo's College. And when I graduated as a teacher, I went into the supply uh, pool. I didn't really have the career aspirations of being a head teacher and going along that route. And I was too young. I mean, our students, I look at them and they look so young. They just look like they still need to be in school <laughs> as opposed to university. And, and, uh, and at the time I was one of the, you know, one of those students myself. And so I had some practice classes around Sydney, uh, Western suburbs. Um, and some of those schools were really tough. Like, you know, you were a little bit fearful when you went into the classroom and it was even more dangerous getting to the classroom because these kids were really tough kids. And I, and I used to have to back up, um, you know, this confidence of being the teacher. And I really looked probably younger than some of them now. I mean, no one knows, not many people know how old I am, but I certainly don't look my age and definitely don't act my age. So um, it, it, having um, experiences like uh, working as a supply teacher or as a casual teacher around um, schools in New South Wales was where I had some of my opportunities to develop teaching. Um, but I also went over to London. I got the hankering that I needed to travel and see the world. And so um, I, I taught over in London for uh, six months, I think it was. And uh, I thrust myself into primary school teaching when I was there. I ended up taking some kids over to France for, a, for an excursion, which was good fun. <laughs> um, but um, teaching is just such a great vehicle. It's a very portable kind of profession. You can, once you know the nuts and bolts of how to teach, it really comes, your personality comes through, your strengths come through, uh, all of those things occur um, as, as just an expression of, of, of trying to communicate with people. And, and teaching is all about communication and engaging with the, the people that you have in front of you. And in our case, it's a little challenging because often our students are online, so we have to do that through a distance. So I've had quite a number of teaching positions in that regard. I, I even got a role um, uh, as a camp counsellor in the States and I was working on the site where they make the Halloween uh, movies and that's where Michael Myers runs around in a hockey mask. And, um, 
And as camp counsellors, we used to freak the kids out and get hockey masks on and terrorise them at night and freak them out and play scary music. But that's probably an example of how immature I can be. Um, so working in, um, in YMCA's over in the States was good fun, working as um, um, lifesavers and swimming instructors and doing all those kind of fun things. There's always been something that's been with me. And now I find myself, you know, running the Nippers program at one of our local beaches called IMEO. And now I'm responsible for 150 kids. Um, I wasn't even at the meeting when I was nominated to be the, the, the coordinator. Um, they just voted me in. And I showed up to say I was going to help. And they said, oh, no, you're going to run the place. And I went, oh, okay. So you kind of think on your feet as well. Um, we just recently saw you on Facebook as well, didn't we, with um, some photos from an event that you yeah. went to stage as part Friend, of that organisation? Friends of ours, um, Cynthia, a good friend of mine, um, rides for Tour to Cure, which is a cancer research organisation. They're over, over $40 million over the last several years. And on the weekend, we were able to raise $9,000 um, towards uh, cancer research and also towards the surf club because we had over 200 entrants joining, uh, joining us on Sunday in, in, in Mackay at our nippers, um, uh, sorry, at our, at our beach um, at the inaugural uh, in Mackay inflatable boat race. <laughs> and so you could float in anything. We had people rolling up in uh, inflatable swimming pools. We had um, wrestling rinks. We had lounges. We had uh, inner tubes and pink swans and golden flamingos and you name it. And um, <clears throat> and with the help of many people, um, we we set up. We had over two hundred entrants, and we just let them loose. We had all the lifeguards to keep them alive. We didn't have one incident. No one got injured at all during the day. We didn't lose any lives, which was also really good. Um, so yeah, I like to have fun, and um, and that was a great success. So we're going to do that um, again next year. And we got the idea from from uh, from a, an event down in Manly, which has been going on for some years now. But we thought we needed something like that in Mackay because well, I mean we live in paradise, don't we? Yeah. Absolutely. Congratulations on a terrific event. Thank you. I do feel that there's something that has that's missing between your teaching career and how you began in chiropractic. What happened in that space of time for you? Well, I, 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 how I got to chiropractic was through massage. So when I was a teenager, I had a, a series of accidents. I must have been a bit clumsy because I stepped in front of a car and got smacked by a car. And I broke a few bones and um, that wasn't good. And I also put my head up underneath a bench one day and felt all the vertebrae in my neck. We've got seven vertebrae in my neck, oh, in everyone's neck. Even giraffes have seven vertebrae. Um, just go all crunch. And a chiropractor saying crunch is probably pretty normal, but when you're a teenage kid um, and you hear that crunch, it can be really scary. And, um, and I lost some feeling in my hands and fingers for a, a little bit. But through chiropractic and through massage, I recovered really quickly. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. So I couldn't learn to be a chiropractor at that age, but I could learn all about massage and how the body worked. And so I started to teach myself, and then I enrolled in a number of programs to get my Diploma of Remedial Massage. Now, insert a plug here, we're going to be offering a Diploma of Remedial Massage at CQ University in Mackay starting uh, next year, which is amazing. Um, so a lot of people might follow my path. So I went from learning about massage to becoming a massage therapist, 
and having a practice. But then I started working in uh, for an agency that looked after the five-star hotels in Sydney. And this is where all the celebrities come and book in under the name of Mr. Smith. And so that could be Brad Pitt, it could be Elle McPherson, could be, uh, you know, uh, Denzel Washington, it could be Halle Berry. I mean, I've touched them all. So, <laughs> um, but in, 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 a, in a professional way. Um, so, yeah. So, um, but you, you see people uh, of all shapes and sizes when you're massaging and you learn a lot about how the body heals and, and how you can assist someone and even to relax someone. The power of massaging is incredible. So um, uh, I did that for a number of years. It was the coolest job ever, I think, because I used to have a beeper back in the day when you had a beeper. I'd spend all day just, you know, sitting around in cafes or in the gym or in some eatery waiting for the beeper to come off and, and then boom, into the hotel and do your thing and then off you go. Um, and I did that for a number of years and it, it was amazing. Uh, I met some incredible people, including my wife. Um, Colleen, who also works for CQ University and runs the the um, the student clinic up in Mackay, which is another good thing to get her up here. Was you know I've got a job for you up here, so um, that was good. Um, yeah, so I came across uh, massage, which really inspired me to learn more, and I got to the point where I wanted to know more, and I started working with. Uh, chiropractors and osteopaths who had helped me and um, and I was working with them and I realized I'm killing myself for half an hour or 15 minutes or whatever time when I could just deliver an adjustment and I could make a huge change to that person's life and to their healing process and lo and behold I thought I've got to become a chiropractor so uh, you know I went back to university again I couldn't keep away from the place. So I enrolled um, at Macquarie University and became a chiropractor. And I find myself now working with one of my graduates in Mackay. So everything's kind of come full circle. Massage became um, an interest, which became a profession, which then became a passion. And then that passion spurred more knowledge. And I wasn't getting that from um, what I had. So I went seeking more. So that's where the chiropractic came in. And I can see that having known you as as we do here in Mackay, um, you are big on sharing your skills and particularly with um, the community and big on engagement. Can you tell us a little bit about um, some engagement experiences that you've had and even uh, perhaps some of the engagement experiences that you go out of your way to make sure that your students are exposed to as well? Okay. So engagement is um, how much you can top up someone's experience to make them the best pra- best person or best practitioner or best professional that they can be. So um, in terms of a chiropractor, the best way to be a chiropractor is to have them experience um, caring for other people. So we do that in our program through the events like uh, NQ Games that has been in the area and we take our students out to do assessments on field assessments and and preliminary treatments um, with with the um, the students uh, with the sports people so that's been really um, 
very good for them to get an idea of of uh, of what it feels like to be a field practitioner. And we've done that also for Homeless Connect down in Rockhampton, uh, where we're looking after the homeless people. Um, we have uh, uh, those types of environments that we can get our students into, as well as that we have our placement programs, which is where students go out and spend time um, in, in the field uh, with, with certain practitioners uh, that they have sourced or we've found for them, and they learn on the job. So it's like an apprenticeship, really. Um, and the best way to learn is to go and learn and do and to participate. So um, they do that as part of their fourth year, part of their fourth year studies. And they do that in preparation to going into clinic in their final year. Uh, we would like to see that the first, second and third years, our undergraduate students, start to think about that and get involved in that um, from the get-go. So we encourage in, in, our, in our students to do that from the first year, but that is structured into their program as part of their, um, when they study here, which is, which is excellent because that's, you know, eight weeks of being in the field and people really get a sense of, you know, that's really what, what they want to do or not. So, uh, but by fourth year, you'd figure it out that that's really what you want to do or not, um, because it's not for everyone. Um, and, and some people enroll in our programs who have never even been to a chiropractor and don't know what it's like. And, and it's, it's right for some people and not for others. Personally, I engage with, with students uh, by trying to, to um, get the most um, opportunity to help other people. So I got selected to go on a trip called Hands On India, which is over to Silanguli, which uh, is in northeastern India, up near Bangladesh. And I was one of 35 um, chiropractors chosen from around Australia to go over there uh, last year, which was uh, January of this year, um, <clears throat> pardon me, to, um, to go into remote villages where they grow tea. That's where we get our, our, our tea from now. Uh, and, and also into the rock breaking community, which are people that break rocks into smaller rocks to make roads for road bases in India. Because it's expensive to run diesel engines over there, but it's not expensive to have human labor. And so these people work for a dollar or two a day and the family costs uh, that, that um, are involved in living is something like three to four dollars a day for a family. And um, two or three people within the family have to be working in those environments in order just to live. So going into a third world country, and I think that that would be termed as being a third world country, and delivering chiropractic care to people that suffer from all kinds of afflictions and not only musculoskeletal conditions but neurological conditions cardiovascular conditions um, and, and making a difference through chiropractic care and basic health care really brought it to you to my eye and 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 that's what i aspire to having all students to if they wish to um, to experience because it truly moved me in terms of these people have nothing and they're just so happy to receive human touch and uh and to see their changes in in their their um their their personal states was was incredible so there was a woman that i recall that was um brought to me and she was on the back of a wagon and her son pushed her 
And she was shrouded um, and covered her face and the sun was pushing and I noticed something about his lip and his hands and it turned out that this gentleman had leprosy. And then when, uh, when we revealed the mother's um, face and hands and feet, they'd all been eaten away because she, she suffered leprosy as well. Now, this is something that I'd only learned about in textbooks and I thought, you know, had been eradicated from, from um, the world. Um, but um, India and, and some other countries are still working on reducing the incidence of, of that disease. But to see those kinds of things was, was truly amazing. Another woman who um, was brought to us, she was driven in by a family um, um, member that they had been able to um, get transport for because a lot of these people don't have any kind of transport. They don't have... Uh, access to medical care they do but they just can't afford it and the medical care is pushed to the brink our population is uh, is nothing in comparison to to this area of the world and um and she got carried in and i was told through the use of the community of our interpreter that she'd been paralyzed for 15 years and that they carried her around everywhere on this tray and you know this is where she ate this is where she cooked this is where she went to the bathroom she didn't really move um, because they didn't really know what to do with her um, and it turns out that she wasn't paralyzed at all she had some kind of injury that broke many of the bones in her spine and she was in excruciating pain but for her to be paralyzed she wouldn't have had any feelings and no sensation and no tendon reflexes and um and she had all of those intact. She was just in an excruciating pain. But the family felt that that equated to being paralysed. Uh, and, you know, to test this woman and then to adjust this woman and see her and stretch her muscles, for muscles that had not moved for the, that period of time, and to see movement, she was crying in terms of, of what she was capable of doing. And it wasn't the pain the pain was was lessened um and she couldn't stop hugging me and so it's that kind of engagement that i want students to be able to to uh to have the opportunity to do do you feel like that particular experience has changed you as a person yeah absolutely i mean no matter what you are what label you are in life you number one are a person or an individual a human being so every doctor, um, you know, is a human being before they're a doctor. And every teacher, every engineer is a human being before they are their profession, their label. So, yeah, it did change me. It moved me in, in, in an amazing way. Um, I saw lots of children who were, um, uh, who were disfigured and in pain and suffering. There's an orphanage. We, we actually, through Hands On India, um, provide support for seven schools. We look after 700 children. We um, provide funding for 2,000 women in, in empowerment programs to help them to escape the poverty cycle and to, um, and to get off the slave labor kind of cycle that they're into. And they created 
funds through microeconomic projects to allow them to buy sewing machines, to, to make products, to sell, to buy um, furniture, to rent out to people to make, um, build, um, to make business, uh, to uh, buy piglets, to allow them to grow them and sell them at markets. Um, these things were amazing things to see. Like when you give in a charitable organization, you never know where the money goes. And so to see the, the end result of the funding that, that we'd, we'd done for this organization and everyone that goes on this, these kind of trips has to fundraise themselves. So um, we held a, a ball here. We had a, um, a Bollywood night ball and we raised some money. I think we raised two and a half thousand dollars just for, for that particular event. And that's another engagement um, with the local Indian um, community, which got right behind this, this project um, as well. But going back to the stories, the, there were children um, with cerebral palsy and things like this that were able to have a moment of clarity and a moment of peace and calm in their bodies that their parents were just astounded. And, and that, that's the thing that really moved me was the power that we have within our hands to help people through chiropractic care. Um, it, really, it really was quite incredible. And, and we're doing full assessments on these people um, uh, with the help of interpreters. But in the space of two weeks, we saw 5,800 people. And we've been doing this for the last 13 years. And there's already a team organized for next year. I, my wife won't let me go next year, but I'm going to go the year after. <laughs> I'm definitely going to go the year after. Um, I'm on the board for the Hands on India um, organization and I would like to see CQ, Uni CQ University students go over there um, uh, uh, either at, when they're at university or when they're finished as part of our alumni to allow them to experience that because I mean how else can you learn unless you're in the communities learning which brings me to my next project which is to get um, indigenous health and engagement happening and, um, and we're in the early stages of that so we would like to have an outreach program with communities in around the around Australia um, where we can go and and meet and help them with their needs but we don't want to drive the agenda of, of being a university thing and coming in and wanting to save the day on a white horse and you know um, but we want to work with the needs of the indigenous communities and work alongside them and help our students help them um, in what ways they need uh, to enhance our, our students' experience with being health practitioners. Because we're primary healthcare practitioners and we wanna walk the walk as well as talk the talk. So, and I think that engagement is so important in terms of um, uh, creating a very, practice ready graduate which is our mantra is creating a practice ready graduate we teach them techniques in in our program um, and give them a, a a collection of tools to go out so that they're they're employable straight away and that this we've we're only uh we've only had two uh, graduating groups go through so far because we're such a young program you know macquarie has been around for 30 odd years and um you know they've got well-established program we've only been around for you know less than six 
Um, and we're already graduating our, our, our uh, students and they're all been off saving the world, literally. They're not only in the local area, but they're in Melbourne, they're in Sydney, they're in Brisbane, they're, they're going all over the place. One of our students, um, Fraser, is actually the president of, vice president of the WCCS, which is the World Chiropractic Conference uh, for Students. And it was um, held in Johannesburg this year. And we had the largest delegate of any university from around the world. So we had uh, a group of students that went over there um, and that moved them in, in a way that they've all come back and they're bright students anyway, but you can just see that spark in their eye now. And it was like myself, I can see, I can see that fire in their belly. I can see that, that inspiration for them, not only just to pass exams and just get through, but they're already there. They've made that mental shift of already being ready to go out. They just need the paper and the license to go. I'm imagining that anyone listening to your incredible story is going to be very inspired by what you've just spoken about today. And I'm wondering, um, what sort of advice would you give to the current chiropractic students or to anyone that's interested in entering the field? And what sort of qualities do you feel that they need to possess to do well as you've done? Um, I think that people who want to enrol to be in our program need to be firstly um, in a space where they believe in their own ability to a point where they know that they can help other people. They need to be open to the idea that they, we're going to fill them up with knowledge that they need to also want to learn and not necessarily just be given the information. They need to be deeper learners. They need to not only uh, understand the content of the material, um, but um, they need to want to understand um, how to find the material. Because, I mean, you can't base your education these days on facts and content. It's about understanding the context of why um, why is this the case? Because if you want the answer, you just Google it. And that's our problem these days is that we want to have students that are active learners. That's a buzzword, isn't it? Um, an active learner or a deeper learner. Someone that, that takes the time to understand and conceptualize why they're learning and have the ability and also the smarts to be able to do it. it it's a tough course. It's not necessarily for everybody and um, the workload is extraordinary. I, I remember when I was going through my final year, I had 14 exams in 16 days, and that just blew me away in terms of just that learning process, and you're just in the, in the process. But you can see how all students, um, you know, at the end of term, they're kind of, they just start to beat as one. You know, they're in the same, they're going through the same motions, they're going through the same fears, anxieties, frustrations, confidence is maybe overconfident. Um, so, um, you know, it, it's something that, that transforms us to want to get through is not just passing exams because to be a practitioner and a health practitioner is a big deal. And um, we don't graduate people lightly. We want them to be the best representation of ourselves and an extension of ourselves to represent the profession really well. 
I don't think I represented the ma- massage industry very well at some stages, but um, um, because oh, actually, please that, share, that, please that share. Sound, that sounded bad, didn't it? <laughs> that sounded bad. You need to be sharing that now. I think you've got to. I think you've got to take opportunities when they come. So if you have an opportunity to do something, and it might be a little bit crazy, you never know how it's going to work out. So going back to my wife Colleen, Colleen and I were working in this hotel industry um, place, and we thought. Mm, there's a bit of a space in the in the market for more massage in corporate environments. And so we started a corporate massage business and we called it Innovative Moves and it was hugely successful. And we worked in law companies and advertising agencies and we, we've met a whole lot of eclectic kind of people. And before we knew it, Innovative Moves became a corporate entertainment company. And we, we had we had contortionists and fire eaters and magicians. Now, how did you find these people? Just through friends. <laughs> we had some eclectic friends um, and, um, and just word of mouth, like, like, you know, like attracts like and that, that uh, energy builds more energy. And I think that where, when it comes to anything, when there's something energetic going, perfect example would have been the... the um, the inflatable boat race, like there was something in the air, everyone wanted to go to it and they got involved. And so at the time, Innovative Moves was just doing some cool stuff. And we, we started to do gigs with um, Virgin, which, you know, Richard Branson's organization. We started working at um, uh, musical uh, concerts and dance parties, and maybe Mardi Gras. Um, so, um, <laughs> but we just had friends that were massage therapists and age and, and had different skills. And so we found ourselves in a way of um, of booking these people in into these um, these appointments and jobs, and that funded largely me going to university because I had to find a way to pay for the program. That's the other thing, guys. Um, study is not cheap, and so you've got to figure it out. Um, but in saying that your study should never fall behind the want for the coin. So if you think that your part-time job at, um, at uh, Burger King or, or any, of the, any of the kind of places that you get jobs part-time, um, you know, is more important than your studies, then you're, you're going to be sorely disappointed because it's not. You've got to place yourself and your education firstly and figure out a way of how am I going to do this and at the time, that's how we did it. So we would wake up at, um, at 11 o'clock at one stage, Colleen and I, and we would run around to the nightclubs in Sydney and pay our massage therapists that were working in nightclubs because we started massaging in nightclubs. <laughs> <laughs> and it was hugely successful because you get sore when you're dancing all night, don't you, <laughs> oh, I never thought about that. But if only they had that back in my day, fantastic. <laughs> oh, so my goodness. That was, that was a lot of fun. And... Um, and on a serious note, um, it was it was a great service because people needed needed to feel good on a Saturday night <laughs> dancing in high heels. Um, but in all seriousness, um, um, massage became chiropractic. Chiropractic was always there. Education was always there. It was just a marriage made in heaven to combine both of them. But to tell my wife that I had a job offer in Mackay and that we needed to leave in four weeks and sell everything in, and move there was a little bit of a shock because I've got three boys 
and um, and we shifted them in the space of a year, three, you know, to three schools. But now we're really happy. We're in the northern beaches of Mackay. We live out at the end of the street is is the Whit Sundays, and you know I can see islands from from my beach. I can sit on my balcony and and soak it up when I'm studying. And <laughs> so um, it's it's really I'm really blessed. Marty, tell me, how many campuses do we offer chiropractic at and what sort of engagement activities um, are, we, are we doing in that space? We have three campuses at the moment, one in Sydney, one in Mackay and one in Brisbane. Brisbane's where our largest number of students are, are enrolled um, because there's no other college in, the, in that area. So they get involved with things like sporting events, like Sunshine Marathon and Bikeathon, and anything that's really happening in the community. We have our students go and participate uh, in sporting events and community events where they're providing chiropractic assessments and treatments and so on, similar to NQ Games, but specifically for a marathon or for a sporting event. And so our lecturers and and teaching academics are there side by side with our students and educating them and encouraging them and training them on the, in in the field so to speak so that that's one thing that we um that we make it a point to to do and every time we have our our meetings each month there's always more that's involved as well as that we have industry that come in and they do cpd which is um continuing professional development so what that means is that outside practitioners are able to come on to our campus and we've got the best state-of-the-art kind of facilities. They come on campus and we hold um, meetings and trainings for uh, rehabilitation or for technique or for, for research or any of those kinds of things that people want to know about. So we've got such an, eclect, uh, such an amazing collection of, of teaching academics from around the world that um, that are available for our students, and we um, we're very well sought after within the community for having um, running these events. So uh, we we have um, we're inundated with people that want to come onto to our campus and educate um, students in in ways that will help them give them more tools in their toolkit so that they're they're able to go out and. Um, and become better practitioners. So using instrument-assisted adjusting, which is kind of um, a way of of using physical therapy um, to rehabilitation, to a whole range of different things. But uh, So that's been really helpful. But on an engagement point of view, we get involved in Are You OK Day, which is hugely successful because it allows uh, the students to talk to other students and to be doing postural assessments and things of that nature and just to kind of talk the talk and get up close and personal with the the medical imaging crew and the physiotherapists and so on. Um, We also get involved in the open days so we can cook a pretty good snack. Um, And (laughs) that's when we're not eating them all. And um, and that's that's really cool. Uh, We have um, um, as well... As that uh, approach, we also have events where we have a, an upcoming event, which is to go to Vanuatu and provide our community health care and chiropractic care to the community over there. And that's the first year we're running that. And um, we hope to have other programs in other, in other um, locations 
um, in the future. But Dr. David Hanna, my colleague in Mackay, is taking 10 of our fifth year students over to Vanuatu, uh, leaving shortly. And uh, that's going to be excellent because not only will it be French, you know, um, French speaking language. So he speaks a number of languages. So he's converted everything from from English to French and then back again to English. So our students are going to come back. I think multi bilingual. I'm not sure. How do they How do they get themselves there? Do they have to fundraise or and it is is it a voluntary yeah, opportunity? Generally, that is fundraised. There are programs that students become eligible for so there are scholarships that are available in in some regards but sometimes it's self-funded the trip to india was self-funded we had to raise at least a thousand dollars per person and then the travel costs associated with that are in addition but in some cases there's funding available for students so just because um, you have a part-time job at mcdonald's um you know won't have the ability to go you do um, you have to be selected to go, so your academic kind of performance has to be good. But we've got 10 of our fifth years going over there shortly. So they're super pumped um, to be doing that. And they might have a little bit of an extended holiday while they're over there. Not such a bad thing. Great we, opportunity. We were planning to go to Indonesia, but there was a bit of civil unrest around that. So um, that got uh, postponed for, to a later date. Um, so that's, that's really important. For our students to to have that kind of engagement as well. So engagement on a curriculum level, Penny, is is really interesting because as I mentioned earlier, it's not about the content, it's about, the, about how people unpack the information and how they contextualize it. So we use within the university uh, Mahara portfolios and these are kind of like you remember in the day when you did an art project you had a portfolio where you did your drawings and sketches and you did a showcase of your work well we use that platform as a way of students being able to uh, research information and present it in a way that helps them not only academically now but in the future uh, for future employers and so on because it's a record of their of their uh, their discoveries so they do weekly reflections in relation to the work that they're learning and they might have a particular concern um, for example uh, recently assessing the students um, um, uh, work in the work around the, the jaw the TMJ joint and he was really reluctant to put his hands inside people's mouths and you know pretty squeamish kind of thing and um, it's quite a sensitive area but looking at the the literature around uh, the effectiveness of adjusting that area in relation to the neurological input affecting posture and and writing reflexes which is what help us to stay upright um, shows that students know how to learn and apply that knowledge to go and find the research to then come back and be able to report on that or reflect on that and what do they learn from that and i think that using that is an excellent way of engaging with students not only that but recently we had a debate uh, across all our campuses our three campuses on an issue uh, and this is the second year we've done that no one likes to be a public speaker I mean most people would die before they'd like, want to public speak but we had um, it, you know teams uh, and we used the the the, uh, um, the Oxford debating um, process and uh, if you're interested in improving debating go and look at the Oxford debate union uh, the Oxford union incredible so they uh, 
have debated in the past about um, Malcolm X. They've debated on, um, you know, big issues in the world, um, on what it means to be a terrorist, you know, all these big kind of issues. And um, anyway, we wanted to debate the issues for chiropractic, which is important for us. Are we seen as just musculoskeletal uh, um, practitioners or should we be a part of a, um, a treatment and management team for, um, for chronic conditions um, such as diabetes and uh, asthma and, uh, and, and so on? So are we, are we part of that um, medical team or are we doing our own thing, you know, um, in our own silo, um, you know, looking after musculoskeletal complaints. Interestingly, um, most people believe that we should specialize in that area. However, a large percentage of our students, um, a large percentage of the students, um, believe that we should be part of a, of a bigger health medical team. And, um, and that's the kind of things that we want to have discussions around, not only just pump information into students, but to have them to have a voice. Mm -hmm. and, and that is, I think, really important for engagement. And so why wouldn't you want to enroll in a program like that where you have a voice? So Marty, thank you so much for sharing your story with all of us today. It's been a privilege and an honour. I am going to shake your hand just to say thank you very much. Thank you, Penny. Thank you. And um, yeah, all the best to Thanks. you and your students. All the best to our future students and future practitioners. Go do it. Like this podcast? Don't forget to rate, review and share with your friends.